This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's my very great pleasure to welcome to the BRFCS podcast today a former Rovers manager and frankly to me a hero. It's Don Mackay. Don, how are you this morning? Very well, thank you, Ian. Very well. Marvellous. Nice to hear from you. Uh, it's great to hear from you. I can confirm that and I'm sure all our listeners will uh, will endorse that. Don, let's go back to those heady days of 1987 then. how? What's the story behind you becoming Rovers manager? How did that first uh, arise? Well, at the time I was working for Glasgow Rangers as uh, as reserve team coach and uh, youth coach, and uh, I had already been sort of manager at Dundee and Coventry City, and uh, I was looking to try to get back into management again, and uh, the the job became available, so I applied for it, came up for an interview, and fortunately was given the job. Uh, fortunate or unfortunate, whatever way you look at it. Well, it was definitely fortunately for us. I, I hope yeah. it's fortunate for you. Yeah, it was. It's, it's been the, the four or five years there was was tremendous. It was a it was a fantastic time for me. Uh, there was a lot of good times, a lot of very high times, and a lot of very very low times as well. What were your first impressions when you when you came up to Blackburn then? When you when you took over the club in those sort of pre redevelopment days? Well, I, I was surprised. There was there were a lot of players there had been there for a long time. And I think that was maybe part of the problem, that they'd been there for so long and, and things were just beginning to get into a situation. A lot of people thought Blackburn had no ambition, but uh, they made a mistake when they appointed me because I definitely had ambition. I wanted the club to be successful and I wanted to be successful. The only way I could be successful was by getting the club to, to go that way. So it uh, it was one of these situations that uh, the interview went well, they offered me the job and uh, I, I spoke to uh, Graham Sinus, who was manager at Rangers at the time, and Graham said, well, take it. Uh, you're going to become a manager, so that's, that's that's what it came about. And when you first came in and you looked at that squad and you took your first training session, who were the players that caught your eye and you thought, yeah, I can work with him? Well, they all did because they they, they wanted to impress. They, they, they had Bob Saxon had been there a long time, and they all wanted to a new manager coming in. They all wanted to try and impress, and they did that. 
And and I think in the beginning it was one of these situations. I saw one or two little places I can strengthen the team. Needed somebody to play beside Simon Gardner up front, and I felt we needed somebody, maybe a younger player, to come in the back. But uh, that was the main objective behind it. I hadn't a great deal of experience uh, scouting-wise because I'd been mainly scouting for Glasgow Rangers, and there's a wee bit of difference in, in that situation. But uh, there was one or two players came to mind. One of them was Colin Henry. Yeah. Who I was calling when I was manager of Dundee. I'd signed Colin as a, as a young player when I was manager of Dundee. Okay. And uh, he, he stuck in my mind as being a young lad who had an, an energy and an enthusiasm to play the game. And the other one was Chris Sully, and they were the two that I brought in. And they, 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 they changed the game slightly. Colin did definitely, because Colin always wanted to score goals. As he even proved when he went back to centre half. Uh, but <laughs> that's another story as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he, he came in and they gave a new life to the game and they gave a new life to the team. During that, those early days then, to what extent did the full members cut register? Because it was, it was a, an, a, I think it was an embryonic competition. And certainly at that time, I, I don't think it captured a great deal of interest in the early rounds, but it soon did and we had a tremendous run. Uh, what, what was it like? on that run and when did you first start to think that Wembley was a potential uh, destination? Well the, the main thing is I, I've never put a team out uh, not to win a game and uh, I've never put a team out to, to be, just go out and take part in a game no matter what it was even the, the, the Summit Cup or, or the Lancashire Cup it was there as well there was lots of cups there about that I always believed that you played your strongest team because that's what the people paid money to go and watch Indeed. and so uh, it was one of these situations that we, we, we came up against Chelsea and Chelsea at that time were, were struggling a little bit in the first division, but they were a top club. And we gave them a doing it at Ewood Park. And, and then I said, well, let's have a go and see if we can get to the final. It would be great if we could get there. And it worked out that way because by getting to, to the final, it just changed the whole thing. The one thing it did do as well, because Blackburn didn't have a lot of money, but we, we, we decided the game was going to be played on a Sunday. So we decided to travel down on the Friday stay overnight on the Friday night, train on the Saturday morning on a public park in my yard, but then go to <laughs> Wembley go to Wembley on the, the Saturday afternoon, because a lot of the lads have never been to Wembley. Yeah. I'd only been there once or maybe twice uh, to, to watch the schoolboys playing, and I hadn't been there for a big game. Uh-huh. And I thought that the one thing that frightened me a little bit was the fact walking out there on the Sunday, we weren't aware how many were going to come down from Blackburn either. Yeah. But I still felt that Wembley was a big arena. We're going to play against a first division team. Let's have the boys go down there and just get a feel for the place. Go into look at the dressing rooms, go out and look at the pitch. Yeah. We weren't allowed to train on the pitch. Yeah. We weren't allowed to do that. But we could go on the pitch. And I'm convinced to this day that made a difference. Because the lads, when they came out on the day of the match, they wanted to win that game. It was Sorry. a fantastic atmosphere uh, on the day, I have to say. And the players really did seem to respond to the crowd. I couldn't believe the crowd. I mean, they were playing in front of average seven, eight, nine thousand, maybe at home, and suddenly there was forty thousand people there, and thirty thousand of them seemed to come from Blackburn. Absolutely, it was quite, quite amazing. And I think that definitely gave the boys a response as well that they felt a responsibility to go out there and play. I felt sorry because there were some of the older players there, like like Mickey Rathbone and, and I would try to think all the name Mickey Rathbone, Neil Brotherson, Jim Brannigan, yeah. Terry Geno, who was injured at the time, Terry, was, funny enough, yeah. but he still wanted to play. Yeah. <laughs> and they all wanted to play because it was at Wembley. And I felt I had to pick the team that I thought could win that game. And goodness knows they did. 
And we beat a first division side in the final, as well as knocking Chelsea and Oxford United out on, on the way. I mean, Chelsea resonates with the fans of today. It's hard for perhaps the younger generation to realise just how good Oxford were. But Charlton were an established first division side then. What, what was your game plan on the day? Well, but, but the thing about it was to make sure that, well, but the one thing, the game plan got taken, thrown out the window because Vince O'Keefe had a game and a half. He did. I mean, Vince, Vince was tremendous that day. And a lot of people thought, that, well, they should have brought Terry, Terry again. I thought he should have come back. But Terry wasn't 100% fit. And I couldn't take a chance on that. And Vince just played well above himself. He was different class that day. I mean, Glenn Keeley as well. The defence was outstanding. And and the, the Charlton seemed to think, well, they, they went through the motion. The one thing that surprised me at the end of the game, I was surprised that the Charlton players were so down. Because they must have accepted to playing against a second division team, oh, well, this will be easy. And maybe that was part of the problem as well. Yeah. Because the Charlton lads were really shattered at the end of the game. We were, we were elated because we had won a trophy. And a lot of people said it was just a Mickey Mouse. Maybe it was a Mickey Mouse tournament to the big boys. It wasn't to Blackburn Rovers. It wasn't definitely not to Don Mackay. No, it absolutely wasn't. It wasn't to the fans either. I can speak... Uh... When I first started watching Rovers way back in the in the sixties, I never thought I'd see my team play at Wembley. So just just being at Wembley was terrific, and that that it seemed to lift the club. It seemed to. I think one thing about your appointment and what you've just described is our expectations uh, were ratcheted upwards, and from then on, it seemed well, why not? And so that that was at the end of your first season. How how confident were you then that we could make a push for a promotion? And, and what was the, what was the game plan to achieve that from your perspective? Well, I think the following season came about eighty seven eighty eight when we had a run of twenty three games undefeated. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of people forgot that as well. I think that's still the record for Blackburn. We played twenty three league games, twenty three league games, and we didn't lose a game. In fact, our, our, our first defeat was against Stoke City, if I remember correctly, at Stoke, and, and uh, <laughs> it was a shattering respect. Because the fact that we felt that we had players there who could sit bring bring things to the club, that's when Steve Archibald came, when eventually managed to get Aussie Ardealers. And, and, and people like that coming to play for Blackburn over surprised people. And, and they didn't cost a lot of money, because one thing Blackburn didn't have, they didn't have a lot of money at the time. And, and there was not a lot of money to be generated. In fact, the only time we really got in the, the black in the bank was when we sold Colin Henry to Manchester City. Yeah. So that there wasn't a lot of people said Blackburn didn't have ambition, but it wasn't ambition. It wasn't a lack of ambition. It was a lack of finance. Yeah. Even then, the, the, the average gates weren't big enough to make sure we go out and spend hundred thousand pound on a player or two hundred thousand pound on a player, which was the average price at that time. Yeah. And and to improve the club, so we we just worked with the youngsters, got the youngsters to develop. I got a lot of stick for bringing Keith Hill and David Mayswood again uh, to to play in in the first team for for. Young players to come in to say, but that was the only way Blackburn could establish themselves to bring young players into the team, along with some of the experienced, well, good, good experienced players. And that's, I think, is very much the model for today. I've got to jump back there because you've mentioned the two names that were on my list of things to talk about: Steve Archibald and Ozzy Ardiles are playing for Blackburn Rovers in the second division. <laughs> That, when Archibald signed, I, 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 you know, you check the calendar and look. Is it is it first of April? How on earth did that happen? April Fool's Day. Yes. <laughs> That's the April. Now, we, well, well, John Harris and I went out to Barcelona because we had been speaking to Barcelona um, because I know that Steve wasn't happy at the time because he wasn't getting a regular game. Yeah. And he wanted to play. So one thing Steve Archibald, I always say for him, he wanted to play football. Didn't matter who it was for, he wanted to play in a first team. And he wasn't happy sitting about not getting games at Barcelona. Yeah. So we spoke to Barcelona at length. They, they took us over. They took us to a game. We saw them play in one night. 
then the next day I had negotiations with the chief, chief executive or the, the owner at the time and he said well if he wants to go to, to Blackburn Rovers he can go to Blackburn Rovers so Steve said yeah he's going because he's got to play in the first team and that was how he came and that was how we got Aussie as well because Aussie and him had played at Tottenham together it's, I find it just, looking back now through through the lens of history, it's just incredible to think that if today we could approach Barcelona and bring a player in of that calibre <laughs> and, and a former World Cup winner, it was just, if there was one single act, I think, that raised the bar during your time in charge, it's got to be bringing those two guys in. And there was a, a, an astonishing game that still lingers in my memory, Ewood against Aston Villa. One of one of the most enjoyable games I think I've ever seen. I don't know if it, it lingers yours, Aston Villa or David Platt as an emerging yes. youngster they just signed from Crew, uh, and Archibald scored and he jumped up on the railings as they were then at the back of the Blackburn and I thought, oh, <laughs> this is just terrific. It was, yeah, uh, well, that, Steve wanted to play. He, 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 and I think the thing about this, he showed the younger players the right attitude. One thing we used to do, we used to go do warm-ups before we started training. Steve wanted to do his own thing and his own time. Yeah. And I wasn't too sure about that because I thought, well, if he starts to do that, then the rest of them will start to complain a bit. But they didn't. And Steve went and did his own little thing and got things going. And he, he was very much his own man. And he wanted to play first-team football. And, and he, was, he got injured towards the end of the thing. And then he got back again one or two games. But Steve this, 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 was determined to play in a first-team. Yeah. And we tried to keep him on, but we didn't have the finance to be able to keep him on. I mean, it was a miracle they were able to do, raise the money they were able to do. It was, it was but down to Bill Fox and the directors that they gave me the money yeah. to be able to bring him over. And then put him up in, in a hotel and look after him properly. And, and John Howarth used to run about with him all over the place. And it, <laughs> it, it, made, it made him feel as if he was very important. And he was important to the club. Yeah, it seemed, as a spectator looking on, that the uh, the rest of the team recognised what he brought. And latterly when Aussie came as well. That, that though pe- people of that calibre, players of that calibre, they bring something else that wasn't yeah. present there. And the sum of the parts is greater and all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, but then I, unfortunately, going back in history a little bit, I suffered a wee bit because of that. Because when the money came along with Jack Walker, then the players that I tried to sign then, they, they didn't want maybe sign for Don Mackay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Blackburn Rovers, yeah, the money was there, yeah, but well, who's, then suddenly Kenny Dalglish came in, the whole thing changed. And and it, it broke my heart a little bit because I'd worked so hard, I actually went on holiday to try to get Teddy Sheringham. And I was down. My wife and I were down on the west coast, and I flew over from Plymouth. How about that? The Blackburn Rovers manager flew from Plymouth <laughs> to London to speak to Teddy Sheringham. Yeah. And and Sheringham if and but about, but he wanted to go to Nottingham Forest, and, and we just couldn't get him. Then we got David Speedy, and yeah. we got players, and then because of the money, but I tried to say Mike Newell. Mike Newell wouldn't come. Yes. He came when Kenny Dalglish came, and he came when Kenny Dalglish came. So suddenly. I suffered because it was only Don McKay. So when Kenny took over, it was Kenny Dalglish, not just so much Blackburn Rovers, but it was Kenny Dalglish, manager of Blackburn Rovers. Yeah. And it changed the whole ball game. Absolutely. And yeah. Kenny was lucky as well because he had a fantastic coach in the Alfred. So there was lots of things that, that, that changed things. I think at the time, um, at the time that you, you you departed Blackburn Rovers, I think there were a lot of fans felt that you should have been given a fair crack of the whip, and it seemed that there was impatience on part of the, of the club with the Premier League starting. How did it feel at the, that time then, when when you got the message from Bill Fox and so sort of said, "Look, Don, this isn't working out." How, how, what sort of impression did that make on you? 
Well, well, Bill was upset about it, to be fair, because he 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 had sort of saw in the club what it was when it was there before. But one of the things that amazed me when we won the full members' cup to go back a little bit was when we came back, we had a civic reception for us, yes, and we all went out on the balcony the and everybody hall. came out and cheered and everything. But when Bill came out, the crowd booed him, <laughs> and he was the chairman. <laughs> And he was responsible for keeping that club alive and because the directors at the time, they, they were all working together, but nobody had a, a lot of money, but they, they would put money in. And as I say, the one thing when I sold Colin Henry, he, Bill wanted me to come with the bank to, to the bank with him because he wanted to, to, to say something to the manager of the bank. He said, look, I put money into your bank. What can you do for my club? Yeah. And that was because the first time you had really black in the, money black <laughs> in the bank for Blackburn over. And, and, and I think these things, people didn't realise Blackburn, Unfortunately now, I mean, Tony Mowbray's got this little problem as well because they need to develop their own young players and sell them. Yes. And unfortunately, it's, when you look at the area, I mean, what, I mean, did I mention this on the Blackburn Rovers, but Burnley have done remarkably well. Bournemouth have done well. Watford have done well to, arrive, to stay in the Premier League. So Blackburn's job getting back to Premier League is going to be 50 times worse even when I was there. Yeah, it's a tough one these days. Because of the money that's involved and, and, and the players who, I mean, they're talking about fifty million pound for a striker now. I mean, that, that, that drives you up the wall. So yeah. I, I think one of these situations was that the club, as a club, was it was a family club, and they wanted the club to, to not to go into the back, not to go into the red, not to lose money, but to develop gradually and bring young players through. And it was significant that Bill, well, Walker, Jack Walker, when he took over, he built the new uh, stadium. He built a new training ground, but he didn't put the first team in the training ground. He put those kids in the training ground. Yes. Because he saw then that the one way forward for Blackburn Rovers was to develop their young players, have to sell them, and then get more good young players coming through as well. And that, that was the idea behind them putting the, the, the kids up in the, the, the new training ground and left the first team down in the other training ground. I think Tony Mowbray today has a lot of the, the challenges, as you say, that, that you had back in your day. The way that he's manufacturing a squad, to me, it, it, there are a lot of similarities in what he's doing, that mix of bringing youngsters through with some older heads. But who, who were the players, who were the, the major influences that, that you managed at the club at that time? Who were the players that you know would take the message out onto the pitch? Well, Simon Garner was one for a starter. I mean, Simon should have played at a better level, but Simon was was his own man in many ways. And Simon Garner could score cool goals for fun. And and he seemed to have funny spells. Same Simon scored a lot of goals up till about Christmas. Then he had a wee dip off of New Year. Then it started April, May, June, he was scoring goals again. <laughs> and, and, and it was quite remarkable. Could score goals for anybody and should have played at a better level. But he, he, was, he, he loved life as well, Simon. Uh, and, and I think that the, 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 he, he stood out. There was players there. Who, Barker was Simon Barker was one. Sellers was another one. There was other one, young ones coming through. Uh, Jason Wilcox and yes. uh, as I say, David May went on to Manchester United. Yes. So the, the, there was younger players coming through, and, and that was the main thing. Jim Fernell did a fantastic job for me as youth team coach because he always was able to give me a couple of young players every season coming through, coming through, and the, these, these young players came at the side. And they didn't exactly set the world on fire. In fact, I got a lot of stick for playing some of them sometimes. But they, they played for Blackburn Rovers. And I, I just wish now that the, the people would realise that Blackburn have a problem. That There's major clubs all around. The Preston North End used to be a big club. Burnley used to be a big club, dare I say it. But the, the Bolton Wanderers used to be a big club. It's a very hard area for the club to survive in. So they need to develop the young players. 
and the people have to be patient. If, as long as they see the players giving 100%, and I can't really quibble any one of the players I put on that part with that blue and white jersey on who didn't give 100% for Blackburn Hall. I think it showed. Uh, I think that that's one thing. There was a connection those times between the players and the fans that I think money uh, has put distance, but certainly in the Premier League, perhaps less so as you move down the leagues. And I look at Accrington Stanley today as being good role models of, of a, a proper community club. And I think Rovers back in the, the late 80s when you were there had similar sort of uh, similar sort yeah. of standings. What was your most enjoyable moment? I mean, we, we had dalliances with the playoffs and of course we've talked about the full Members' Cup final. But what's the one abiding memory that you take away from your time well, at Blackburn? when... Wembley's one. When Wembley, you can't get better than that. You can't go to Wembley and win something and not enjoy it. Yeah, it was fantastic. The other one, funnily enough, was against Manchester City, and unfortunately, it happened on a day that something day happened Hillsborough. at Hillsborough. Yeah, yeah, and and for, unfortunately, again, the the TV company at the time, I think it was ITV, had filmed that game in Manchester City, but because they wouldn't put on the television because of what happened at Hillsborough, yeah. which was right, they were right to do that. Yeah, but that day at Manchester City was a day and a half. Because Man City were, were the sitting top of the league or up there, the group, everybody was talking about them like they talk about them now, and we played them off the park. We certainly they did. They did not, and that was a day and a half. The low times was Crystal Palace. Oh, yes. Was, funnily <laughs> enough, was, was, oh. was at Blackburn against another team sitting top of the league, Liverpool, when Mark, Mark Atkins, unfortunately. One goal in the last blooming minute of the Absolutely, game. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I mean that that just I, I, that was a day and a well, a day and a quarter. It was ter- a terrible day. We, we played we played really well that day, and it was a shame for Mark because he just tried to clear the ball, yeah. kicked it the wrong way. Do you remember uh, match of the day in the evening when Jimmy Hill picked out the ball girl throwing the ball back? <laughs> Do I remember that? And, and, he, and he tried to blame her. And I think the, I think she, there was a picture of her in the Lancashire Telegraph. I think from from memory the following week, sort of like give somebody from the club. I think gave her a bunch of flowers or something. It's just well, it broke her blooming heart. It was a stupid moment. I went and worked for him, so don't go on about that. I went to manage Fulham <laughs> when he was the SPM. So that's where the stupid Don McKay is. But uh, no, it, it was one of these days again. They just not the other thing that got me that day. Funnily enough. And I know it changes now. All the teams go out and do warm-ups before the game now. Yeah. That, oh, that's just standard. Well, we did as well then. Yeah. And we, we went out to go on Anfield, and they wouldn't let us on the pitch. Really? So they wouldn't put the lights up. <laughs> so I said, well, hang on a minute. Well, what do Liverpool, Liverpool don't go out and do warm-ups. It's a, it's a fancy thing that I was told by a groundsman. And I said, well, I'm going out on the pitch, and Tony Parks going to take the players on the pitch. We'll go out there and do our warm-up, and we'll do it under the lights from the side, from the spectators' lights. And we had to do that, because they wouldn't put the lights up. <laughs> That's absolutely So what that one out, Liverpool Football Club wouldn't allow Blackburn Rovers <laughs> Second Division Club to warm up on the pit. They must have been terrified, Dom. Well, I, I don't know. They, 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 Kenny, Kenny was, was his own man. Kenny was always his own man. And I think that was significant. He went to go back and actually manage Blackburn Rovers as well. So maybe that's what he had his plans. <laughs> maybe he put a spark in, yes. <laughs> he came over to run Blackburn Rovers. But again, what they did then was tremendous. But I've always gone over things, maybe wrongly. But I always wondered why Kenny left. Because I came back to the area eventually for a wee while and, and, and moved back up to Scotland again. And I went down to training one day. And he, he, he just seemed to have lost heart and things. And I think what happened was when, when Blackburn won the, the Premier League, they played their first game in Europe, but the gate was down to about 15,000. Yeah. 
and they didn't fill the ground. Yeah. And I think he realised then that, well, hang on a minute, uh, we've gone to Europe, we've won the champion, we've won the, the Premier League, and yet we can't fill the ground for the first European tie. Yeah. And I think that bothered Kenny. I may be wrong, but that's what I felt happened. I felt that's that he suddenly decided not to go ahead and do things. Or maybe he ran into the trouble I ran into, that he wanted players to come to Blackburn Rovers, but they wouldn't come the players he wanted. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why he left. Yeah, it, it was one of those great unanswered questions. Unless he, I suppose, he, he sits down and writes a full and frank uh, book about the occasion, we'll never, we'll never be totally sure. But going no. back, going back to your days, then, Don, when did you first uh, be become aware of Jack Walker's influence? And I'm thinking particularly about the signings of the likes of Bobby Mims and Steve Livingston and Tony Dobson. Well, I think it was then realised there was money there. I mean, I actually made a statement to the press even the day I lost my job that one day they would speak in the same breath about Blackburn Rovers as Liverpool and Manchester United. And I said that to press that day in my, my press conference when, when Bill Fox said that I was leaving. Uh, and I, I was convinced then that Blackburn could move forward and be with the big boys because of Jack Walker's money. Yeah. It wouldn't happen now because the money's gone out of, out of date altogether. Well, absolutely. But yeah. the, thing, the, the thing about it then was he had money then that we could go and get. I tried to sign, believe this or not, I tried to sign Teddy Sheringham. And I flew from, as I say, from Plymouth to London to speak to Teddy. And he was thinking about coming and he thought about coming and went to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. I then went to, I spoke to, to Tottenham Hotspur for a certain player who now works on television. Yes, I think we know who Gary that Lineker. is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they said that they wanted a million pounds for him. So Bill, Bill, Jack Walker being a businessman said offer 900,000. So we offered 900,000 and Evan Scholar said, no, it's a million pounds or nothing. So Jack Walker eventually said, right, yeah, give them the million pounds. And they changed their mind. Or we'd have got Gary Lineker coming to play for Blackburn Rovers. I, I think that's the first time uh, that it, it became apparent to the fans that there was something going on. Because I can remember hearing that on the radio. And it wasn't said in flattering tones. It was like little old Blackburn Rovers are making up comedy bids. And yeah, you thought, well, no, they, I don't think we are, but... Yeah, well, we did, and it would have been agreed, but they didn't want they didn't want to come. The strange thing about it was he eventually went to, I think it was Japan. He did. For half that money. Yes. Six months later, so, so, so Tottenham Hospital lost £500,000 on the deal, because he went for a lot less to, 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 to Japan than he did come up to Blackburn Rovers. I don't even think Gary Lineker knew about it. Wouldn't I think it was the, the, the chairman, uh, the chairman just said a million pounds, and we said, right, we agreed to it. Because yeah. I, I wanted him to, but David Speedy came as well, because I saw David Speedy playing for Darlington when I was manager of Dundee. And David Speedy always stuck in my mind as being a, a determined player that would have set Blackburn on fire and, and needed somebody like him to play alongside. Sheringham would play, I, I believe then Sheringham should play off the front too, yeah. which he finished up doing. <laughs> so maybe I was not too bad my judgment. So these were players that I realised that Blackburn was were going to move forward. The other thing came about was when I, after I left, and Jack Walker bought seats to rebuild Ewood Park. Yeah. Because the young players, young people going to Blackburn now will not realise what the old stadium was like. And, my, and Bill Fox would have a, a, a joke one year, he was going to do something about the men's toilets, we've got to put a roof on the top of them. <laughs> <laughs> because they had the money to do that, because the money wasn't there at the club. Yeah, so they've that... got to modernise the toilets. That was the extent of uh, the stadium redevelopment back in the seventies. I can certainly remember behind That's the right. Blackburn end was just uh, well. Let's let's not go there <laughs> for a family audience. <laughs> but, uh, but but that that was what it was because the money wasn't there for the club. 
because the money was always played bowed back into the club yeah. to, to keep the players and to bring players in the best that the, the managers could do. Bob Saxon did a great job there. He did. For the length of time he was there. He did. And, and I, I was fortunate. And I find that nowadays with modern managers, often they suffer not because what they've done, but because what people have done before them. And if they've not been set in properly, then they have, they have, if they're not given time to set the things up, then it won't work. Yeah. Yeah. And the time that Bob Saxon had done that job, and there was a lot of good older players there, but they were getting to an age where it was getting a bit hard for them. People forget the main objective when I came there was to keep the team in the second division, yeah. not get relegated. Yeah. That was the main job. The full members' cup became a bonus, and the full members' cup became a big bonus. And then, as I say, the following season, we, we, we built on that, built on it, and built on it all the time. Because a lot of players stapled in, there was a lot of player, international players came to Blackburn, although they come to the end of their career. But uh, it, it was it was a good, I enjoyed the years there. My family enjoyed the years there. We still talk about it yet. Uh, and and it was, it's, things move on. You get to an age where people start to, to listen to you, but they don't really listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're listening to you, Don. We're hanging on every word here. Uh, I think all I can say is that the, the, your influence, as I say, at the club at the time, it definitely raised the bar and you brought a level of excitement to, to that period of, of supporting the club that I never thought I'd see. And it took... A massive, massive shift uh, with the Walker money and Dalgleish coming in to, to to get anywhere near it from my perspective. Just one last thing before we finish. Then, uh, how often do you do you see live games today, and how often do you do you follow Rovers on TV or just look for the results? Or well, I mainly watch games on television. I, I get problems here because I get the, the BT Sport and the Sky Sport, so I watch nearly all the games on television that I can get. My missus knows more about football than I do sometimes <laughs> now. And I, I forget names. So I'm getting to an age now where I forget names and she'll, remember, she'll remind me. Yeah, yeah. She's actually given a list. She's get, actually given me a list of names here just now to make sure I can remember them all. <laughs> so it's, 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 we'll have her on next week then. <laughs> yeah, she's, well, she's a secretary and a half. Oh, bless. But uh, it was, Blackburn was, was a great time. And, I feel a wee bit for the Blackburn supporters in some respect because I've always believed that really what, what Lancashire need is a Lancashire team. Yeah. And and I maybe I'm maybe being sacrilege saying that, but I do think that if you could get a Lancashire team together yeah. from Bolton, Blackburn, Burnley, uh, Preston, it would it would be, could it could maybe set the world on fire. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately there are an area where it used to be big time, used to be big players, a lot of big clubs in Blackburn and in Lancashire. Now yeah. the big boys have got all money behind them. That's, uh, the money, money's ruined many things happening in football. It has. It's, <laughs> it's less a sport, more a business, I think. Well, that, that, that was always the case in my case. It was a sport, but it was a business as well. Yeah. And you had to realise that, that you maybe want so-and-so to play for the club, but you couldn't afford them. And you wanted somebody else to come. I mean, I even had a young player didn't want to play at Blackburn Rovers. And this is a, maybe diversifying me, but a young lad came and the academy at that time that it wasn't a, it was a it was apprentices and he came in to do a bit of work as every all apprentices had to do then mm-hmm. and he came along first day there he wasn't happy his father came to see me the next day he said well, i'm not happy here I said, why not he says well we, we play football but we've got jobs to do i said but that's part of your education yeah part of your learning curve to come and play for the club and be enjoy playing for the club he said no he doesn't want to say well if he's not happy I'll tear up his contract and he can go where he wants. He went and signed for pressing the next day. We never heard any more about him. And it was, it was, the thing about then was you set the, play, the, bar, the, the bar on such a level that the players who were there, the young players, had to learn to develop, to be better, to be better, to give 100% every time. 
if that was still put into the game, you maybe we need to spend the big money they've got to spend. Yeah, yeah. Now you've you've talked, you've mentioned it already. I think the the youth development is is the way forward for Rovers, and you you have mentioned it. And I'll forgive you. You've mentioned Burnley, and I think they are role models in many respects uh, oh, for us to get into the Premier League. Loathe though I am to admit that. <laughs> To cheer you up about Burnley, I always remember one time the chairman said, he actually was in the in Burnley in the boardroom, he called me at the boardroom, he said, by the way, I've just given the manager a new three-year contract because he beat you lot 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it stuck in my mind then that the, the rivalry between the two clubs, it was never off the field, the rivalry, Yeah. But, and, and far as the players were concerned. Yeah. But on the pitch, it was a big rivalry. Yeah. And, and you talk about Rangers Celtic up here, I'll tell you something, the Burnley-Blackburn one was just as bad sometimes. It certainly In is. many ways. It certainly and, is. And the feeling was, and I feel it's sad in many ways, because they're both trying to do the same thing. Yeah. No, Football I, is a great, I think it's the greatest sport in the world. It's It's been a tremendous rivalry, as you say, uh, Rovers-Burnley. Burnley, yeah, they're on the up at the moment. I know when I first started following Rovers, Burnley were in the first division and we were in the third, and then the roles reversed, and now here we go round again. Hopefully I'll see us back in the top tier and above Burnley before uh, before I pop my clogs. But, well, um, if people are patient enough, Tony Mowbray's got a great chance of doing that. He has. He has. He's I been think. I, and he's got players there who are determined to do that. I mean, some ex-Middlesbrough players as well because I want him much he still scores goals every time I look at him he's scoring a blooming goal <laughs> Mr. Graham he is uh, but he was, at, he was at Middlesbrough when I was at Middlesbrough oh right okay. so, uh, so that's how I know him but Danny could score goals for fun as well a bit like Simon anyway. yeah yeah yeah, he's, he's got he's got that nous and that experience to bring others into the game in a way that nobody else in the squad can do, which is uh, that's it. Which but is they have to be patient because the, 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 you look at the, the second the, the championship now is the worst league of all the leagues. When you look at it now, to be able to come out of that league the right way, yeah, because because there's so many teams in there spent fortunes to bring players in, and I think somebody's got to be patient to build and develop their own young players to come through to play in that league, and they'll come up. Uh, it's money, money won't win it. There'll be somebody come through from. It happens every year in the championship. One team comes through, nobody recognises. Yeah, yeah. And it could be Blackburn one year. Well, I finger, hope it would be. Fingers crossed. Don, yes. thank you so much. Uh, so yep. sincerely for, for giving up your time I really really appreciate it uh, I think our, our listeners and our fans will, will love to hear from you after all these years and if you ever find yourself down in, in Lancashire for a Rovers game it will be great to be our FCS we'll, we'll, foot, we'll foot the bill for a good lunch as a way of thanking <laughs> you that full members no, cup no, day no. the playoff finals and all of that sort of great stuff lingers long in the memory I can only say thank you on behalf of all Rovers fans well, it was an enjoyable four years for me at Blackburn and my family. We'd love to come back eventually, so we might come down sometime. But my driving's not getting as good as it used to be. The missus keeps getting on to me about it. <laughs> so, but uh, we'll see what happens. We came down recently for, for the anniversary of it all. Oh, yes. And we had a fantastic evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great to meet a bunch of some of the lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and some of them have this. Some of them done well for themselves. Some of them done well on the football front. It's, uh, and it's good to see that. It is indeed. And it's your birthday in a couple of weeks as well. So uh, we'll, uh-huh. we'll wish you a very happy birthday, a little prematurely, but have a great day. And all I can say thank is you. thank you very much once more for giving up your time. It's much appreciated. Don't remind me about my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so I'll much, stop Don. Counting. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're listening to the BRFCS podcast, the only podcast approved to cover the 2018-2019 season by the New York City Rovers. Don't forget to check out www.brfcs.com. 
by the way, massive thank you to Joe Bamford, uh, BRFCS forum member, and his band The Symmetry for providing all the incidental music used in this episode. I hope you'll look them up on Facebook, and if they're playing live near to you, well, go and see them. Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.